Welcome, welcome, welcome in the room, guys. You guys got to bear with me this week. I lost my voice last week. Um, I was at a three-day conference virtually. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it was so amazing, so powerful. Uh, the worship, the praise, um, just the glory. And so I even here in my own house, but that's how you know um, the spirit of the Lord, amen, is uh, God is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. And so even though I wasn't physically in the building, I, the presence of the Lord was here. I was in praise and worship and just, you know, just in, in the midst of the experience of being in the presence of God. And so as a result, my voice is hoarse. It's actually getting better. I was really, really, really concerned all week. So I'm like, Lord, I don't want to get on a podcast with a raspy voice. But guess what? How many of us know when you have an assignment from the Lord that you don't get to take a sick day or you don't get to take a day because you got a raspy voice because the Lord will use your voice anyway. He will speak through you. Even if you have a speech impediment, even if you stutter, you stumble over your words, you don't feel like you speak clearly or eloquently. God ain't looking for perfection. God is looking for availability. So here I am, raspy voice and all, okay? Also, I want to apologize. I am about two hours behind because um, I had to finish up some other things that I didn't expect to have to do today around the same time I was had planned to do the podcast. So I just had to readjust and um, here I am right now at eight o'clock, so I pray that whoever joins um, the live or listen to the replay, I pray that your ears and your heart is open. I pray that your spiritual ears are open because today's episode is going to be a little different. It's going to be a little bit of a story time, me giving up my own experience, my testimony, and really um, speaking to you guys about what I believe God has really impressed on my heart. Um and as you can see, today's episode is called Freedom Rights. But before we get into today's content, I want to first um, welcome all my first-time listeners. Like, hey, girl, hey. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome to our community. We are so happy to have you join us. We are a community of women of God who are looking to redefine our worth and to live our faith out loud for the Lord, for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. And we are doing that through healing wholeness, through um, advice, through encouragement, through um, tips and, um, you know, all of the things. And so we're here together. It's a judgment-free zone. So please, please, please don't feel like if something is resonating with you or you feel like you've gone through a certain thing or, you know, you don't feel like, you know, you're you're qualified because maybe your past is a little, you know, uh, sketchy. Well, I just want you to know you're in the right place. Jesus said he came for those, the sick who need the doctor, right? We all had to be safe from something. To God, sin is sin. There's no big sin. There's no little sin. So you might feel like your sin is bigger because somebody else may have a different sin. But know that God is not looking at us and giving us a level of sin, like judging us according to the level of sin, like sin is sin to him. So if you lie, if you steal, if you murder, if you disobey your parent, like it's all the same to him. It's disobedience, it's disobedience. So I just want you to be free. This podcast is all about freedom. You being free, being unapologetically who God created you to be on purpose and in purpose, right? And so um, we're here to go on our healing journey, to become whole, to be healed, to be the best 
versions of ourselves so we can add value to our communities, our families, to whatever industry we're called to, all for the glory of God. Amen. So I just want to welcome you. Have a seat. Pull up. Um, you should be really excited because I believe the Lord is going to speak to you expressively because I because it's so heavy on my heart. I do believe it's something that God may have even begun to uh, speak to you guys about or drop little seeds in your spirit about, or maybe you started coming across certain information, certain videos, certain, um, ministers that, um, you know, kind of, you know, pique your interest. And so I really pray that today's episode truly, um, is your, um, freedom rights. It's your, it's your emancipation papers for you to go forth and to aggressively pursue your freedom. Like your life depends on it because it does. Amen. And to all my loyal listeners, Hey girl, Hey, thank you for rocking with your girl from the beginning or whatever season you came along and um, begin to join um, this community. We're in our season four. We're in our fourth season. We're actually winding down. Probably only got a couple more episodes before I take a break to regroup and um, just kind of see where God is going to lead me for season five. Um, but right now we are in our identity series. And I think it's so important to understand our identity in Christ, but it's also important to understand the benefits, right? And the inheritance that comes along with being a woman, a child of God, a man of God, right? A son of God. And so um, today, I really am going to speak about a topic that may seem taboo. Um, and it's, it's something that some people may not have heard before because there's some ministries that don't speak on it at all. And then there's other ministries that may talk about it a little bit, but they're not actively participating in it. And so um, I believe what the Lord is doing in his church right now, what Jesus is doing in his church, because he's the head of all things to the church, is he's realigning the church back to its original place, right? As being the Godhead. And what that means is the church, we're supposed to pattern after what we saw him do in his earthly ministry. So, um, um, so yes, before again, like the Holy Spirit is starting to want to move already, but so I just want to welcome everybody, whether you old or you new, thank you. We love you here. We welcome you here. Please don't uh, be a stranger. Don't be shy. Also, um, whatever platform you're using to listen to the podcast, like, comment, share, 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 especially this episode, because it's something that I believe everybody needs to hear. Um, and I, I don't have you know, I have a limited network, right? And a limited, a limited reach. And so you guys can partner with the Purity After Promiscuity podcast by sharing, right? And so just share the podcast with everybody, you know, um, and especially somebody you feel like really could use this, um, what the Lord is going to speak about today, um, because it is just, it's really going to take your freedom or your, your relationship with Christ to another level. And so, um, yes, comment if you are able to comment, um, and um, just continue to support the podcast. Um, I, I need to get more visibility. So the message of Christ, the message, the the wisdom, the exhortation that the Lord um, releases through me can reach more people because a lot of us are just in the midst of a struggle. A lot of us kind of are just trying to understand why we're, we love the Lord. You know, we, we are serving him wholeheartedly, why we are doing everything we know to do. We tithe, you know, we sow, we forgive, we love people, we tend to the poor, you know, we're operating in what God told us to do, but there still seems like there's a glass ceiling in certain areas of our life or that we just can't break out in a certain area, right? And so I'm here today to give you a little bit of clarity on why that could be and also to give you a couple um, 
steps that you may want to take in order to kind of deal with that and to get that breakthrough in that area. Amen. And so without further ado, welcome to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth. I'm your host, Janelle Renee, and I just want to thank you all for coming and listening to today's episode called Freedom Rights. Amen. Freedom Rights. And so that, again, in and of itself, um, how many of us know that when you come to Christ, the Bible says that that there is uh, liberty, right? In the presence of the Lord, there is liberty. So you you get liberated. You know, how many of us know that it says those the sons set free are free indeed, or that the thief cometh to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus, I have come. I have come to give you life and, and life in abundance or more abundantly, depending on the translation you have. So um, we see clearly in the word of God where um, it talks about the freedom that comes as a result of receiving Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so um, in my experience, right, there is a level of freedom that comes immediately, right? When you soon you receive Christ, right? Number one, you are no longer, you know, um, in darkness. The Bible says that you come, he gets, come to take you from darkness into the light. You have now been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. So eternal life with the father, right? Being the heir to the throne of grace, having the spirit of adoption and crying out, Abba, father. And so there's a level of freedom that comes immediately in Christ. You know that your soul, as long as you continue to live in righteousness, as long as you continue to obey um, the instructions that we have been given as Christ followers, you will go to go to heaven. You will be able to spend eternity with the Father. And so um, that is liberating, right? That's exciting. Um, and that's freeing because now you know, like, wow, I'm not going to go to hell. I'm not going to go to the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, I'm not going down the Sheol. I'm not going to go, you know, to the place of torments, right? So that's freeing. Also, you, you find out when you come to Christ, you're no longer a slave to sin. It tells us that in Romans, that you're no longer a slave to sin, that you have now, you know, are free, you know, because now when you sow to the spirit, you reap life. But if you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. So now that you've been, you receive Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you should have been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Some people do not speak in tongues, but you should still have evidence of the fruit of the Spirit because this, the sealing of the Spirit is to ev the evidence of to salvation. So you have the empowerment, amen? So you don't have to do it on your own. You're not walking this walk by yourself. You're not expected to not sin totally in and of your own uh, ability. You're not required to depend on your own works or it's not even by works, right? You're not dependent on your own strength. You now have the helper, Jesus. Jesus said, I have to go. I have to go so I can send the helper, right? Holy Spirit, Paracletos, he is our helper. So there's liberty and there is freedom that comes immediately as a result of being um, a Christ follower, accepting Jesus Christ into your heart, confessing with your mouth, believing with your heart, Jesus Christ is Lord. However, there is a, there are levels of freedom right when when the father says or when jesus says that we are to have heaven on earth if we are honest like first of all we need to be sober in our thinking of what does that mean or what does that look like 
And if you know what the word says, even about heaven, um, where God is in the third heaven, right in the heavens, heaven, and how beautiful and amazing, and it's kind of indescribable, like in our humanness, because we're so finite and our mind is so limited, we can't even begin to fathom truly the beauty and the goodness and the great greatness of you know the splendor, the 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 glory, and all of the things that encompass heaven, right? And so, um, we know that there is absence of pain. There's no pain. There's no suffering. Suffering. There's no death. Right. There's certain things that just isn't heaven. That what we can know of by the Bible, or maybe the Lord, Holy Spirit has revealed um, another level. Because some people say they have gone to heaven and had an um, encounter with God. So, depending on your level of experience, you might have a little more insight. But when the Bible says we are to have heaven on earth, right? Of course, we, we're not going to be down here and not have pain. We live in this fallen world, right? And so pain is inevitable. Jesus told us that we can uh, be sure that we will have trial and tribulation. Um, so that that's inevitable, right? Um, there's suffering down here. You know, there's just evil. There's all kind of things. So what did God mean when he say heaven on earth? And to me, I feel like what that means, in my opinion, is that you are able to live in the maximum capacity of the freedom that he has for you here in this earth, right? Because you're going to experience pain, but he'll give you peace, you know, you're, or he'll comfort you, right? You know, you're going to have um, things happening all around, but he'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. And you may feel weak in moments, but in your weakness, he's made strong. So yes, there are components to life that we're just going to experience. However, there's an aspect of freedom, that we are to have as believers, as Christ followers. And that's what I really want to talk about today. Because I believe a lot of us live so beneath the level of freedom that the that Jesus Christ died on the cross and was crucified. And he went through all of that pain. He took all, bore all, all our sins and he took it all. And he nailed us to the cross and he, and he conquered it. But he did not die on the cross. Okay, he did not take on all our sins for us to still be living a life of limitation, for us to still be living a life of bondage, for us to still be struggling, going around the same cycle, for us to just can't break through in this area to be continue to be tormented in our in our emotions, our mind or physically tormented or whatever the case may be. He didn't die for that. Come on, somebody. He died for you to have heaven on earth, for you to have freedom, the maximum amount of freedom, total freedom that he died for you to have. And what? how do you get that total freedom? Obviously, it's, you got to repent. You have to have a lifestyle of repentance, right? You got to stop sinning. That's just Christ, you know, Christian one-on-one. You cannot continue to sin because when you sin, this, the Bible tells in the Old Testament, it brings the curse. You know, obedience brings the blessings. So you want to stop sinning. You have to live a lifestyle of, you know, um, repentance. You have to live a lifestyle of humility, right? You, the Bible says for us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. So you want to you want to live a repentant lifestyle. You want to live a lifestyle of humility, right? And then you also want to ask God to help you in whatever area or deliver you from whatever is in your life that is impeding or preventing you from operating in the maximum life that he has created you to have. And I know and that I know that I know deliverance. And that's again, I warned you in the beginning, 
this is going to be a subject that, you know, it, it may be is taboo to some people. People kind of don't believe in deliverance or people, they teach false teachings and say a, a, a Christian can't have a, a demon. Well, let's see. Jesus said <laughs> in Matthew 15, 21 to 28, I'm going to read it. I got the HCSB version. It says, when Jesus left there, he withdrew to the area of Tyre and Sidon. Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came and kept crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly tormented by a demon. Yet he did not say a word to her. So his disciples approached him and urged him, Send her away because she cries out after us. He replied, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came, knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. He answered, it isn't right to take the children's bread and throw it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus replied to her, Woman, your faith is great. Let it be done for you as you want. And from that moment, her daughter was cured. Now, you can go through the um, New Testament and study out the um, earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. And you can see a clear pattern that one of the things he did very, very prevalently was he cast out demons out of people. And what we got to really understand is, first of all, you got to look at this and you got to break it down into context. Number one. He said, his response was, he came for the lost sheep of Israel. So that means he came for the children of God. Now, when you continue to study out the, the New Testament, you understand that Jesus did come first for the, for the Jews. So he came first truly for the house of Israel. But because the house of Israel did not receive him, then salvation through the new covenant under grace was then extended to everyone so the jew and the gentile and because of the lack of faith of the gentile or the lack of receipt receiving of jesus that we've now been grafted in so he's saying to her i came for the lost sheep i came for the people of god now why would jesus say he came for the people of god only and he can't take their children's bread and throw it to their dogs and understand context. Like, yeah, Jesus can be a little like, you know, we probably wouldn't be able to handle Jesus because Jesus was kind of like straightforward up in your face. Like, here it is. But he was full of compassion and love. Right. But if you really understand history and context, that was a common term for Gentile people. It, it, was, deri it was derogatory, but it was more of a status quo. Like you're lower, right? You're not of this, this society, you know, these people. And so that's why her response, because if you notice, she didn't get offended, right? She said, yes, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. So she understood the language. So we got to understand when you read the Bible, you got to understand culture, audience, author, you know, all of these things. She knew the language, so she understood what he was saying, but then she had enough faith to say, but even the dogs 
get the scraps from the master's table. And that let him know immediately, like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, you got faith, though. You got faith. You got so much faith that I'm going to grant you what you want. Even though you're not a child of God, even though you're not of the house of Israel, you're a Canaanite or Syrophoenician woman. You are a pagan. Consider because you're not a Jew. I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to deliver your daughter from this demon because of your faith. But what I really want to talk about right here is he said he came to the lost sheep, the house of Israel. That is the children, the people of God. And today, all of us who receive Christ are the children of God. We are now sons. We're no longer illegitimate, but we are sons. We have a father who is in heaven who chastises those that he loves. So we are all children of God. So in the same way, Jesus said, listen, deliverance is the children's bread. He's saying that deliverance is the right of the children of God. Listen to me, people. Deliverance, freedom is the right of the children of God. And if you are a child of God, and if you look at your life, or if you just already know in your mind that you are not free, this is for you, okay? This is for you because I am a living witness. I ain't getting on here talking about this because I'm trying to sound all super deep and theological and all of that stuff. No, I'm getting on here because I have been a Christ follower, Christian, son of God, daughter of God, for a long time, but I will be lying to you if I didn't feel like I was not free in certain areas of my life. Like I hear the words that are spoken over my life. I receive the words that I know that are from God. I see the promises in the Bible that are yes and amen. I know what the Lord speaks to me in our one-on-one time, right? However, the words and the manifestation of it, there still seems to be a disconnect. You have people who may argue, well, God does things in process. You know, sometimes it's just not his timing. Let me tell you something. We're in 2023 and anybody who got any discerning of, who, who can discern the times, who are sensitive or just even just pays attention to how fast time is going by, how these days fly by, these weeks fly by, these months fly by, these years is flying by. You look up, you be like, oh my gosh, it is December. Where did the year go? Because there's a speeding up of time because Christ is returning. So things are happening faster. So why do you believe? Yes, God does have certain things at a certain appointed time. Okay, he does. And there are some things that he will process you for so you can receive and handle and maintain it. Yes. However, God is not up in heaven holding your promise for 20, 30, 40, 50 years just because he's waiting for time. We sometimes got to stop being so spiritual and get more into the face of God for ourselves and stop listening to everything somebody say and really go to God. Because if you're honest with yourself like me, I realized something was off. I didn't need no prophetic word. I didn't need no big elaborate encounter. None of that. I could just look at my life 
And I'm like, wait a minute. I know I'm anointed. I know I'm called. I know I'm intelligent. I know I'm gifted. I know I have, you know, the skills, what it takes to have success or to thrive or to have healthy relationships or be a great mother or be a great homeschool mom or whatever, be good, do well in business, do good and well in ministry, right? I know that I have these factors, but yet still there is something there that is preventing me. There is something there that maybe every time I get a foot, a little bit of footing, I gain a little track in an area all of a sudden it's like boom something hits me and I get thrown 10 steps backwards or it seems like okay maybe I get a level of victory in this area and then next thing you know boom something it's like the bottom falls out you know maybe I the idea of a relationship and this person is like so amazing then boom all of a sudden I'm ghosted you know like let's keep it real or maybe all of a sudden I'm doing well I'm saving money I got a good handle on my finances I'm budgeting and then boom next thing you know I'm in a finance crisis or I just can't seem to get my head above water I'm striving and striving I'm doing I'm doing I'm working I'm working yet and still it don't feel like I'm getting any gaining any ground like certain areas of my life is feel like it's locked up it's bound up listen here I'm telling you my real life experience I'm telling you what I have what I know that I know and the thing that the Lord began to reveal to me and it started years ago when I started asking questions, because that's the reason why a lot of us lack knowledge. When it says in Hosea, my people perish for a lack of knowledge, it's because you don't seek him for the knowledge. Because that's what the scripture go on to say. You're not seeking him. You're not asking him. When I when he started to highlight certain patterns in my family, in my generations, in my bloodline. And I started asking questions. I started asking my family members questions. I started asking the Lord questions because I'm like, wait a minute, something wrong here. Everybody can't have some type of addiction. Everybody can't have a messed up relationship. All, most of the women can't be just single mothers. Every man can't be a cheater and abuser. Like, come on now. Like, let's keep it real. Because we like to say things like, you know, oh, JoJo is a drunk just like his daddy. Or he's a philanderer or a womanizer. Or Papa was a rolling stone and his daddy was a rolling stone. Oh, yeah, Mama. Yeah, you know, Mama, she just was, you know, like, uh, she just always was angry. She just was like, she was always mad. You know, and now you act just like Mama. You know, we have these little things that we... We throw out there and we say and we, you know, because we're so normal lies in our dysfunction, right? We've gotten so good at navigating dysfunction that we say things and we say it so casually like that's not a problem. And so what the Lord began to do for me some years ago, it started really taking me on the journey to understanding generational curses. And a lot of these patterns that we can see, like so many men go to jail, so many men die early, so many people get sick or get diabetes, get cancer, so many, you know, whatever the case is, so many patterns that if we're honest, we can look, you know, maybe... Um, None of the people, none of the women ever get married or maybe they always get divorced or maybe the men, you know, always, you know, cheating, whatever the case may be, maybe can't know, nobody can hold a job, whatever the case may be, you know, maybe you got so many people, alcoholics, you know, we see these patterns, right? 
We see a poverty. You know, everybody always in the struggle. Robin Peter to pay Paul, never got enough. You know, just always, you know, in a place of lacking. You know, always under the under the stress and the pressure of, you know, just trying to make it. Hear me and hear me well. Generational curses are real. Um, it talks about it, in, especially in the Old Testament, when every time the children of Israel was given a command and what God was instructing them to, them to do, to obey his word, and then he would give them the blessing that's attached to disobedience, right? But then, because God is a God of balance, right? He's a God of balance. So then he, on the flip side, would let them know like, well, hey, if you disobey or if you do not follow these commandments that I'm giving you this day, you know, all these curses is going to come upon you. Deuteronomy 28 is very, very, very a good chapter to study out because it starts with the blessing because really God's heart for us is to be blessed. He wants us blessed, but he is very clear. Like the blessing or the curses in our hands to an extent, meaning we can make choices and depending on our choice is going to determine what we receive, the blessing or the curse. However, there are some things that our ancestors our parents, our grandparents, our great-great-grandparents, or some people down the line, three and four generations before us did, right? And they opened the door. They they practiced some iniquity, some sin, some transgression. They opened up the door, and that gave the enemy a legal right to come in. It opened the door to demonic um, activity, and it opened the door for a generational curse. And see, the thing about a generational curse is it don't stop just because another generation is raised up. It just continues to perpetuate. Now, it may evolve in the sense that you might see it heightened because maybe the each generation continues in that sin. Or it may lighten up a little bit as the generations go on if people are not actively doing, you know, living a sinful life, right? However, it's not one of those things where you can wish it away, pray it away. You know, it's a legal document in the spirit, right? The enemy has a legal right. Sometimes our family indulged in some very dark things. And the thing that helps us stay bound as a people is all of the secrets that our families like to keep. Like a lot of the stuff that I learned and a lot of the generational curse that I find found out about was not because my family so readily just told me the, the family secrets. A lot of it was just because Holy Spirit revealed it to me. And then maybe years later, a year later, a time after that, something would get revealed um, or confirmed. But it wasn't because people was just telling me the truth. That's why the Bible says, you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door will be open unto you, right? You have not because you ask not. And sometimes we don't know that we need to go to God and we can ask him these questions like, Lord, why does it feel like I just can't get a good relationship? Why do it seem like I keep choosing the wrong man? Why do it seem like I just can't get out of poverty? Why do it seem like I just can't shake this addiction or I just can't shake this sin? Whatever. You have the right to go to your father who is in heaven, who is readily. The Bible says in James 1, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. And the Lord who will give liberally and not grudgingly. But then you have to ask and believe that you shall receive because a double-minded man is unstable it's on its way. So you can't go to God and ask questions, but you don't really believe that he's going to give you what you're asking for. God delights in giving you free, giving you wisdom because wisdom is like a key. It can unlock you know, an area, right? It can unlock some 
some knowledge. That's why in um, Jeremiah 33 and 3, it says, when you cry out to me, I will show you great and mighty things you do not know. So God is very aware that we don't know certain things. He know we don't know what our ancestors did five generations ago. We may not know what our parents really did. We may not know what our grandparents really did. But if we ask the all-knowing, all-seeing, powerful God, he will reveal it to you. So then you might have people who say, well, when it talked about curses or generational curses, that was in the Old Testament. And now we're under the new covenant. Okay. Well, I just read to you in Matthew 15, in the new covenant, that Jesus said, deliverance is for the children's bread. Why is deliverance for the children's bread? Because the children got demons. Let's call it spade a spade. Now let's go over to Acts 10 and 38. Acts 10 and 38 says, get to it. Because I need y'all to read y'all Bible for yourself. Test the spirit. Go to God with this um, word and read and even read the scriptures that I'm even mentioning for yourself. All right. So here it says, starting at 37, Acts 10 and 37. You know the events that took place throughout Judea, beginning from Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were under the tyranny of the devil because God was with him. Or other words, who had were demon possessed or demonized, right? Because possessed is a strong word and no, a blood bought Holy Spirit filled believer cannot be completely possessed or overtaken by the devil but you can be demonized meaning a demon can occupy your body a demon can occupy your soul because when you get saved your spirit is what got saved you have a regenerated spirit jesus told nicodemus if, if you want to go to heaven you have to be you have to be born of the water and of the spirit it's your spirit that is reborn. It is your spirit that is renewed and regenerated, not your soul. This is why David said, restore my soul, right? In Psalms 23, because our soul is our mind, our will, and our intellect. That's why the battle for most of us, if not all of us, starts in our mind. The enemy always comes to our mind because he understands the seeds that go into our mind is going to flow into our heart and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks and out of the heart flows the, the issues of life so what you begin to ponder on meditate on think on if you don't cast that high imagination down that seed is going to take root into your heart next thing you know the behavior so yeah he might tell you in your mind to be angry don't like her you know to be offended how they say that to you who they think they is and the more you entertain that thought the next thing you know you now you angry now you you know feeling away now you want to come after old girl now you you know what I mean because then, because you got to cast down that vain imagination. Hear me and hear me well. Take it to the Lord. Go to God. But I'm here to tell you, I am a blood-bought, Holy Spirit-filled believer. I have no doubt in my salvation. I know that I know that I am saved. I know that I know I'm a child of God. I love God. And I know that I know that I am filled with Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I had demons, okay? I've been going to, I've been doing and going through deliverance since January. Um, because once I started to really get clear on, okay, I'm not living a life of sin. 
I've literally repented. I've, I've literally gotten to the place where I've cut out so much. I live a life like I barely watch TV. I don't really watch TV. I don't listen to secular music. You know, even some of the gospel music that kind of is teetering on this fence of sounding secular or hip hop. I don't listen to that no more. You know, I don't, um, I don't, I guard my ear gates and eye gates and really watch, you know, what I'm listening to. You know what I'm saying? I try to make sure that when the Lord, you know, is convicting me, I repent. I go back and I write my, the art, the offense, you know, I live a lifestyle of repentance. I live a lifestyle of forgiveness. You know, I pray, I fast, I read the word, you know, I ain't trying to say all of this stuff to make myself sound all holier than thou or high and mighty. I'm saying all this, say that when it comes to the practical things that I know I should do as a woman of God in obedience to the word of God. I know that I do them. I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I do everything always um, perfectly or rightly. No, I fall short. Sometimes I stumble, but the righteous man falls, steps, uh, falls seven times and gets up every time, right? So God ain't saying be perfect, but my heart and my motive, my intention is to live a lifestyle that is glorifying unto the father. So when he asks, when he takes, when he asks me for things, you know, I don't eat meat. I don't eat a lot of things. I don't drink. I don't do this. Like it's so many things that he's asked me for and asked me to give up and asked me to release. And I've done it because he asked me, amen. Not to say I don't want to do those things. It's, it's just that he asked me. And so I'm doing what I believe that I'm supposed to be doing. And yet, and still, I'm not seeing the manifestation of these words that's been spoken over my life for years. Or the things that I know God spoke to me and is in my heart. Or, you know, or even I'm not getting the results that I'm looking, that I know that I should when I'm, you know, doing a thing, when I'm starting a business, when I'm starting a ministry, when I'm, you know, do serving or whatever the case may be, you know, or just in areas like finance, relationships, you know, even my mind, even emotions, right? Um, so there's just areas of my life that I'm very clear on, like something else has to be wrong. It ain't me. I've been to counseling for over two years. You know, I've, you know, done some healing. I've done, you know, some therapy, all of the things, right? So I ain't here just saying only do spiritual. You got to do, you know, the, the, you got to do the natural with the supernatural. So I'm, I'm, I'm done those things. And yet, and still, there are still areas of my life where I haven't been able to break through. And the, and again, Holy Spirit had to um, just really reveal it. The, the truth of the matter is because there is an unseen force. Because when you go into the Bible, I don't have that scripture down, but you can Google it where it says God created the worlds, both the visible and invisible. Like if, if people, if you guys are really reading your Bible, like seriously, there's certain things that is right there. Like it says it. So what do you think he mean? You think he just saying it in a figurative way? Like, oh, worlds. Okay. Like, no, he's saying, listen, he's letting you know, like I created two worlds. Cause where does he live? In the invisible. That's why we not, we can't look up in the heaven and we don't see him. He's in, he's in the heavens of heavens, right? There's a spirit realm and that's where the enemy is, is dwelling. And that's where he's, you know, concocting his, his plots and plans and, 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 and giving his de demons and, you know, uh, assignments to go torment and taunt people or whatever the case may be. And that's where we do our spiritual warfare. Why do you think the Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood? But it's against rulers and darkness of the, and wickedness in high places and all of these unseen forces. 
like demons. They are fallen angels. They're disembodied spirits. And so they are always needing a house because they can't function in the natural realm um, legally without in having some type of um, legal right to be here. And mankind, we as human beings, God gave us dominion. He gave Adam, Adam, dominion in the garden of Eden. He told himself, do the earth, be fruitful, and multiply. Dominion and authority was given to human beings, human mankind by God. And then the enemy came and deceived the woman. And of course, we know what happened. She ate of the fruit, gave some to her boo, gave some to Adam. They both ate. And what happened? Then the, the enemy, he usurped or circumvented or tricked or swindled them of the authority. So now he has some authority, but there are still legalities. And see, this is like, oh my gosh. We got to understand, like the spirit realm ain't all haphazard like we think. It ain't all chaotic. It's very structured. Um, it's, it's systematic. Um, there are rules of engagement. There are rules, period. There's um, jurisdictions. There, there's boundaries. Like you can't, if that was the case, if there was no type of structure in the spirit realm, then all hell would really have been and broke loose in the, in the natural, literally. The reason why certain levels of demonic or evil, and yes, we see evil all around us today. We're seeing it more and more. But the reason why it ain't just really burst forth like it could is because there are boundaries and there are legalities that have to be honored and respected by even demonic forces because they know the rules. And here's why that can be a disadvantage to us believers, us Christ followers, because the enemy, you got to understand the strategy of your enemy. Don't go studying the devil, but what you need to do like any good soldier is you need to understand the strategies, the wow of the enemy. How does he operate to in your life? How does he continue to with, to continue to, you know, uh overtake you and to cause you to and fall into sin or get into doubt or unbelief or whatever the case may be? You want to study the strategies just like in sports when um they're about to when when a football team is about to play another team. They'll, they'll, they'll watch films. Sometimes they watch films of their self because they're trying to see how they can improve. But then sometimes they watch fil film of the other team playing games against other teams. Why? Because they're wanting to look and see the strategies. They're not looking at personalities. They're not looking at these the people and the star player. They're looking at the strategies, the plays that are being called. As a Christ follower, as a believer, child of God, you should be learning the plays that are being called in this in this battle right that you are in because we we all have been enlisted into the armies of heaven into the end time army of god when we said yes to christ and so when you don't know who your enemy is and how he works against you it's, you can't defeat them right and so the enemy is a master legalist he understands the spiritual laws so much so that's why he likes to tempt you to break them because he knows the moment you break it, whether you know you did it or not, whether he tempted you or not, don't matter. The law is if you break God's law, he has a legal right to come in. The consequences of sin is death, right? So the wages of sin is death. So the moment you open that door, if you don't quickly repent, he has the legal right to come in and he has the legal right to go up into the courts of heaven to accuse you. And until you repent, 
you're going to continue to have to deal with the consequence of your sin. That is how he does it. And then when it comes to covenants, what is co a covenant? It's a lead in the same way in the natural. A covenant is an, an interchangeable word with contract. So any type of legal document in the natural, there are legal documents in the spirit. Whether there you call it a covenant, you call it a deed, a vow, a oath, a promise, all those are recognized in the natural as well as in the spirit realm. And what needs to be happen when it comes to things like that, those things have to be renounced and the legal rights have to be revoked. And how you do that is you go before the Lord and you re you confess, you repent, you renounce, you ask God to lift the curse, you fast, you pray. If you need deliverance, you get a deliver a true deliverance minister to help you be delivered from that curse or the deliver from whatever demonic uh, oppression or demon that came in as a result of that curse. And so a lot of us are being plagued in our life and are not living abundant life, not experiencing heaven on earth because we have we lack knowledge of deliverance. We don't think we need deliverance or we don't believe in deliverance. And one of the tactics that the enemy uses is to make us be convinced that he don't exist or that deliverance is for only in the Bible, that only Jesus and the apostles was delivering folks. They, they was the only ones laying hands on the sick and they was recovering. They was the only ones performing miracles. Well, then why does the Bible say these signs shall follow those who, should, who believe? You should lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You should cast out demons in Jesus' name. Why does it tell us that we should be doing that? Why? Because we are supposed to be emulating the ministry of Jesus, his earthly ministry as the body of Christ because it's his church. He's the head of all things to the church. As the church, we should be doing what he did. People should be getting healed, right? We should be laying hands on the sick. They should be recovering. We should be casting out of casting demons out in Jesus' name. We should be seeing the lame walk. We should be seeing blind eyes open. We shall see miracle signs and wonders. But the reason why you may hear of it, uh, here is like spurts of it. You have some ministries that say they have miracles or deliverance or, you know, healing or whatever. And yes, you got to be discerning and careful because everything ain't Holy Spirit. Everything ain't God. Everybody ain't God. Whatever. But these are things and rights that we are supposed to be able to uh, take hold of as the body of Christ. And so I just am here. I hope this is making sense. I hope it makes sense to someone to say, sister, brother. If you know that you know that you know that there is something in your life that is off and you've tried everything. You've done everything that everybody told you to do. You fast, you pray, you did 21 day fast, 40 day fast. You you did Daniel fast, dry fast, water fast. You you quote the scripture, you bind, you loose, you let you repent, you confess. Like you doing everything you know to do known unto man that the Bible says and maybe that's your pastor, your leader or someone else told you, but yet and still, you know that you are not free, that nothing has moved, or maybe it moved an inch, okay, maybe moved a little tiny bit, but it ain't, the, the, the mountain is still there, I want to really, really, really encourage you to go to God, 
Don't take my word for it. I'm telling you, but I'm telling you, let me say this first. I'm not embarrassed. I don't got no shame because Mary Magdalene, Jesus cast seven demons out of her and she was one of the first people to be at the tomb to discover he was gone. Jesus wasn't afraid of people who had demons because he understood you don't have demons because you're bad all the time or because there's something wrong with you all the time. Sometimes you inherit that stuff. Just like the one guy um, in the Bible when I think he was blind and when he, Jesus healed him of his blindness, he said, now go and sin no more. Right. Or, or the other guy who was blind, the people were asking him, well, what sin did he commit or his parents commit for him to be blind? Because, see, they had understanding. They knew how it worked. They understood that like your sin or generational sin could bring a curse and a manifestation of that could be blindness. Like a lot of you, a lot of us are experiencing physical things that are just a manifestation of a curse. Like you're sick, you always you stay sick, you're obese, you're overweight, you're gluttonous, you can't stop eating, you can't stop drinking, you can't stop smoking, you can't stop having sex, you can't stop doing something. It ain't because you just want to do that. I know how it is because I was in bondage, especially to lust, a lust demon myself. I was um, under that bondage for almost my whole life until the last few years when the Lord set me free and delivered me. But I've told my story many a times that um, I was molested as a child. That opened the door to, to transfer because again, any type of sexual activity, that's another way demons can transfer or curses can come on you because you can have sex with a person and they cursed. Because if you read the Bible, the word of God, especially in the Old Testament, God specifically says to people who did certain detestable acts, now I'm gonna put a curse on you or I'm gonna put a curse on your land or I'm gonna put a curse. So you gotta understand like people can be curses, cursed. Places can be cursed. Like it's so many things. And so anytime we open ourselves up, we run the risk of a transfer of a curse or a transfer of a demon. Let's let's come on now. We got to wake up. Everybody said they woke, but we not woke. We sleep because we don't understand the enemy is just running rampant in our life. And he is still in our blessings. He's still in our opportunities. He's still in our, you know, our spiritual blessings. He's still in, you know, our breakthroughs, our, our answer prayers because of these demonic curses and, and these open doors in our life, giving these spirits and these evil, evil demonic spirits the legal right to do so. I digress. So like I said, I got molested as a child that opened the door that sowed the seed that transferred the demon of lust, the, the perverted demon that was on the person who molested me. And then next thing you know, I just all of a sudden developed the, at a young age, all of a sudden my appetite was just open for, you know, to, to satisfy myself. And next thing you know, I started masturbating. I didn't even know what masturbating was. I was so young, but I started doing it because it was just something in me that just showed me how to do it, told me how to do it because it was something in me. Nobody sat me down and told me how to masturbate. I was a little girl. Be because that door was open. And then I went on to 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 start being um, addicted to masturbation and addicted to pornography when I got introduced to pornography for a little years after I was molested. And that opened another door. So again, like, what did that bring in? That brought in whatever those spirits of lust, right? And this is why I know, come on, now I'm about to be in some of y'all business. Like, I know some of y'all be having those nasty dreams, some perverted dreams where you, you, you having sex in your dream or something having sex with you or you having like sex where you think it's looking like porn or whatever and you wake up and you feel like something really was touching you like you really was having sex like you really are stimulated like something was molesting you because something was molesting you 
Like, let's come on out. You not had a, you didn't have a wet dream. It's not only your mind. I'm gonna set you free today. It's not in your mind. You're being molested by a spirit spouse or a spirit of incubus succubus, right? Because the moment you open yourself up to fornication, sexual sin, pornography, masturbation, any type of the slew of, you know, illicit, illegal acts, sexual acts, the moment you open yourself up to them, these demons have the right to come in. And trust me, they come. They come in. And they don't just leave. Even if you stop doing the sin, you repent. They're, they're rude guests. Like, you got to, like, put them out. You got to evict them. How do you do that? You get delivered. You, you get the man and woman of God who um, has the grace and has the gift for deliverance. And you get them to lay hands on you to command that thing to come out in Jesus' name. And so I like to be honest with you guys. I want y'all to know, like I'm saying this, I literally I'm trying to do the best I can to say these things out of my heart because I know how hard it is to feel like you're living and doing everything for God, but you just seem like you can't break through, like you can't break free. Like this thing got a hold on you. Do you know how many years that I had to, that I battled with that thing and lost with the thing, with that demon of lust and masturbation, pornography to the point where it was times that I would be crying, tears, boo-hooing, crying out to God, begging him to help me, begging him to stop me so I don't do it because I didn't want to do it in my my Like Paul said, in my mind, right, in my spirit, I love thy law. But then there is another law at work in my members. What is your members? Your, actually, your actual physical body. So he's like, my spirit loves your law. I want to obey you, the good, the good that I want to do, right? But there is something else at work. So there was something else at work in my members that will force me. And then it was like, I just ended up used to be overtaken and I used to be forced to do it. And I used to feel it used to be, it was, it was awful. I can't even, I can't even say it was just awful. It was the most torturing, most tormenting, most debilitating experience to go through stuff like that and i know that people experience that in all kind of areas even with you know people who are addicted to drugs most people did not wake up and and or as a kid say oh i want to grow up and be on drugs and i want to be an addict and i want to lose my family and i want to lose you know everything and i just want to be in the streets and i just want to be you know strung out like nobody says that life happens and that's thing you know you feel like you got control over it but the more you do it the more you feed it the beast grows stronger and stronger and next thing you know you lose control and that's that that's where that deep that's where being demonized comes in like you really don't have no control you don't know why you're doing it you don't know why you can't stop you don't want to do it you want to stop but something else in you you don't want to shop and spend all your money you don't want to gamble all your money up right you don't want to you know you don't want to do whatever it is that you know you have a you, you feel like you in bondage you enslaved to it's not it's not you it's not you. It's not your, it's not, you're not a bad person. It ain't that something wrong with you. It's not that you don't love God. It's demons because demons are relentless. They have no conscience. They don't care. They have one agenda. That's to kill, steal, and destroy. They're not your friend. They're not going to show you no mercy. They're coming and they're coming to kill, period. Destroy, period. That is their main objective. So they don't have no empathy or compassion. So they don't care that you go to church. They don't care that you're the man or woman of God. They don't care that you're the leader and the pastor. They don't care that you're the first lady. They don't care that you're a minister and a prophet. They don't care. They don't care because they have one agenda. And if we don't 
really begin to take our soul's salvation serious, seriously. The Bible says we all have to work out our own soul salvation with work it out with fear and trembling. Like you got to understand that God did not save you. Jesus did not save you for you to live a life beneath. The Bible tells us that you're the head and not the tail, above only not beneath. If you know you're living beneath the life that God has for you, if you know that you are not living up to the words that God spoke over your life, if you know there's an area of your life where you've just been struggling to get free, I am here to tell you today that freedom is the children's bread. Jesus came to set the captives free and those he set free is free and but you gotta want it you gotta realize something else is happening here so there's another law at work in my members there's something else that i just can't that i can't put my finger on it but i don't want to do these things because i really love god i really want to serve god i really want to be faithful to my spouse i really don't want to be angry i really don't want to be violent i really don't want to go and do these things whatever these things but it's like something is driving and dominating me it's because it is and jesus already gave us the blueprint in the way that in his earthly ministry, he went about casting out devils out of many. And we already uh, read in Matthew 15 that he said, deliverance is the children's bread. And because we're under the new covenant, we've been grafted in, we're under grace. We are now the children of God. So deliverance is the children's bread. Freedom is yours if you want it. You got to know deliverance, the need for deliverance is real. It, we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We, The Bible says we're born in sin. So sometimes maybe you didn't do the thing, but maybe your ancestors did. And now the door was open and no one closed it. And so just by default, it's impacting your life and you can't figure it out. You can't shake it. You don't know why you ain't had a healthy relationship. You don't know why you're, you're, you're wound bearing. You don't know why it's like something bad is always happening to you. You don't know why it seems like your prayers don't never hit the throne and you don't get to uh, see the manifestation. You don't know why it seems like you, you just feel like you just behind all the time and everything and everyone passing you by. It's sometimes because there's a curse there or there's a demon there and and it is preventing you from walking in the freedom that Christ came for you to have. And I'm so passionate about this because I'm living it. I'm going through it. Like I started off saying, I've been going through deliverance since January because everybody's process is different. Some people go to deliverance, uh, whether they go through mass deliverance or they go through, you know, a one on one. And sometimes it can just happen and they can be totally set free. Right. And for others, it's a process because maybe the stuff in your bloodline was a little more dark. Maybe it's a little more complex because other things that's, you know, in play, maybe stuff you got yourself into. Another part of my testimony, I didn't know that my ex that I was in a relationship with was a warlock or in steep, deep in the demonic and all of this stuff. I didn't know that because on the outside, luckily he was like a normal person, but I ignored all the red flags though, if I'm honest, when Holy Spirit was trying to warn me from the very beginning before I even got myself into it. And then I got myself in so much warfare and another dimension of torment opened up in my life when he came in my life. And I literally got a marriage license. We was about to be married. We were shacking up. We was fornicating. So everything that opened up that door 
literally autumn demons came in so the storm that was on him came on my life the the the, the, the demonic oppression that was on him came on my life and i started it, it started impacting my children it started impacting our house we would hear growling we would see things like all kind of strange stuff started happening i was the most depressed i ever been in my life i couldn't get out the bed some of the days i couldn't literally i it was like i was under a spell all i wanted to do was be under him serve him like just like he was just had some control over me and all he ever wanted to do was have sex and he would be out here doing all kind of horrible things he did all kind of horrible things to me but then he would always want to come home and have sex and this and this and that because it was like he kept me under this control and and i remember someone told me he's the devil but i couldn't receive it i remember when the lord told me i'm sleeping with the enemy but i just was not thinking that he was talking about like he was really like the enemy right and so you got to be mindful that sometimes it's it's a result of our own choice because we, we have the power to make choice. We have a free will. But it don't matter how it happened. It don't matter if it was your own sin, your ancestors' sins. And it don't matter if somebody doing witchcraft and hoodoo and juju and everything else on you. You have power. Jesus Christ delegated you power when he went to ascend to the right hand of the Father. And he said, and signs shall follow those that believe and greater works you shall do so that means that you should if you are called to deliverance you should be casting out devils getting people free because it's not enough that people get saved yes we can get saved but what good is it for us to get saved if we're gonna still be in bondage if we still gonna be in egypt's system if we still gonna be oppressed and enslaved if we still gonna be dominated by darkness in secret we go to church we pray we shout we fall on the ground we lie on the altar you know we worship we do that and then we go home and we shut all the curtains and we shut the door and we turn off all the lights because we struggling with depression and we struggling with heaviness and we struggling with suicide or you get home you're angry you lash out at your kids you lash out at your spouse you're mean you know all of this stuff you abuse you got all this secret sin because you want to go to church and not be honest with yourself and get help. Jesus, he is the help. And if we have to go to deliverance, you should not be ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm going to aggressively pursue my freedom like my life depends on it because it does. And not just my life, my son's life because I have children and my children's 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 life depend on it so there's no way now with the revelation and knowledge that i have that the need for deliverance is real and in my opinion everybody if you ain't had deliverance before everybody needs deliverance because we especially when we lived in the world we was doing all kind of sin i know i was i was doing all kind of stuff I had no idea the doors I was opening. I had no idea the demons I was transferring. I had no idea what I was getting myself into because that's how the enemy works. He likes to keep you blind. He likes to keep you ignorant. So he, he'll, he'll let people try to make you believe, oh, no, you don't need deliverance. Oh, deliverance, ain't, that ain't for, you know, that's back in, that's just old, that's New Testament. That was, you know, that was the early church. You know, no, no, baby. The reason why we see a lot of the evil that we're seeing today, mass shootings, killing children, dismembering people, all the wicked and evil that we see is not because people. The Bible says we wear so not against flesh and blood. Why do the Bible tell us that? Why do the Bible tell us that our, our weapons are 
not carnal, but spiritual and mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Well, what is the stronghold you pulling down? And why are you using invisible spiritual weapons? But why are they powerful? Because it's a spiritual battle. What are demons, disembodied spirits? What are curses in the spirit realm? They are these invisible forces that are in place until they're undone. These demons are going to stay until you kick them out. And my heart is for people to be free, man of God, free woman of God, freedom. Jesus did not die on the cross for you to live in bondage. No, the devil is a liar. You can get free. I don't know where you live. I don't know who you are. I don't know who may be in your area. But like the Bible tells us, if we seek, we will find. Ask God. Go to him. Tell him. Be honest with him. I'm honest with God. Like, listen, Lord, something ain't right. Like, I don't understand. Why is my life like this? That's how I started getting revelation because I started asking questions. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. And like we search out anything else we want to do. Search out deliverance ministers, deliverance ministries in your area. Maybe your local church don't do it. That's okay because some people are called to it, right? Some people have the grace for it and some people don't. And so it don't mean it ain't nothing necessarily bad unless the Lord told you you're at the wrong church. But it's okay to have to seek deliverance outside of your church. That's what I did. My church talks about deliverance, talks about the demonic, talks about curses um, somewhat, but they don't actively perform deliverance. So because I understand that I have to be delivered, I had to go seek it out and I had to pray and God led me to the right people. And yes, my process is just been a little longer than I would like it to be, if I'm honest. I wanted to be one of those people who get a one and done, right? I wanted to go to deliverance and get all these demons cast out and be free. And my whole life changed in an instance because I've seen testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony of people, men, women, white, black, whatever country, uh, culture, creed, it don't matter because deliverance is deliverance. To who say the moment they got set free, their everything in their life changed. All the areas of their life that were held back and held up, literally, just like overnight, like just immediately, they they saw a difference. They they saw they had a breakthrough. You know, whatever the battle was in their body would dis disappear. Whatever the sickness, whatever the emotional torment, I've seen testimony after testimony. So I assumed my my experience would be the same. And it's not. And that's okay. That don't mean like I'm not, they're better or I'm worse. That just means that we all, all of our journeys are different with Christ. All of our purposes and destiny is different. And sometimes your deliverances may look different. And um, I, will, I want to throw this out there for somebody. Understand this. If your deliverance process is a little more different or a little more prolonged, or if you find yourself with the Holy Spirit leading you to do a lot of self-deliverance, I do want to throw a nugget out here to say that may be because God is trying to let you know that you're called to do deliverance. And now you're in training. Because <laughs> if you know Lord, the Lord like I know him, you understand that when you get hired by the Lord, he likes to do on-the-job training. Okay? He, you, you may get to go and sit in some conference. You may get to take a master class, right? You may get formally trained at, at some point. But what he liked to do, he liked to just throw you in the ring. You know what I'm saying? And then you just got to go for what you know. 
And but Holy Spirit is the best coach and Holy Spirit will begin to guide you and he will begin to show you and minister to you and tell you what to do. But so don't be discouraged. Like if you're like me and have had to go through deliverance a few times and even have to do self deliverance, there are things that the that Holy Spirit revealed to me personally about my deliverance or doors that needed to be closed or, you know, um, things that my family had done that the deliverance minister when they did my deliverance did not catch they did not call it out and my last deliverance they went through everything i think she told she told me i don't care if you don't got it or not i'm calling out everything so everything they knew to call out under every category on every paper she called it out for me but it was still after that when i continued to seek the lord and he began the holy spirit began to reveal to me there were still other things that had came up and even before she did deliverance it was some weird things that he said to me that she ended up saying during my deliverance session so i knew that that was the lord let me know these were some things these are some areas because god desires you to be free he know he's not holding back no information but you have to go because you lack the wisdom you got to go ask him and he gonna give you he gonna give you liberally but you got to believe that he's going to answer you and you got to allow him to to reveal it to you and don't put no time limit he understands what you're going through he'll give you the grace his grace is sufficient but his desire is for you to be free and whether you're called to deliverance and he's trying to train you and he's you know um and he's developing your your muscles in this area or you just want you just need to be free it's for you deliverance is the children's bread we are the children of God. We have received Christ. We're under the new covenant of grace. We're saved by grace through faith. It is for you to get, but you have to lay hold of it. You is not going to just happen for you. You got to go and pursue it like you listen, pursue it like your life depends on it because it's not just about you. It's about your generations. So the curse can be reversed and then you can inherit the Abrahamic blessing, the Noahic blessing, the Devaic blessing, the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and has no sorrow. God takes no delight in seeing his children tormented, downtrodden, and cast down. That is not what he's up in heaven rejoicing over. He is rejoicing when his children are being saved when your soul is being saved and now all of heaven is rejoicing and when you get free because he said that you shall have heaven on earth so you should have the maximum experience of freedom and the life that he has for you you should enjoy that in this earth on this side of heaven you should see the salvation of the lord in the land of the living you should Oh, thank you. That this is not this is all Holy Spirit because I'm gonna just say that it's all Holy Spirit, but I appreciate your support and thank you so much. But I'm I'm so passionate because I've been here. Like I I've been I've been in it myself, and it's something different. It's like anything else. That's like a person who's never been in the bondage to an addiction, trying to relate to or tell someone who is battling with addiction what to do and how to do and it's like you you read a book and you're trying to relate to me based on some information that you took in but i can receive it totally better and there's a different relatability when it's somebody who 
was in addiction they self and they overcame it but you know what it's like for that thing to be calling you in the midnight hour you know what it's like when you really want to do the right thing with your money but that appetite begin to call you and you then go and you spend all the money you know what it's like when you sit there and you say i'm gonna do it no more i'm not gonna do it no more and it's like something is controlling you and making you do it you have another revelation and you so passionate about seeing someone else free because you know what that bondage is like like Harriet, that's why I love the movie Harriet, because she couldn't, it was not good enough. It was not good enough when they were, you know, having that meeting and they were saying how difficult it had, it had got because certain laws had been passed and it was getting more dangerous for them to operate the underground railroad. And so they was going to have to take a break for a while till things could cool down. And she was like, no. No, because I y'all, I know what that monster is like. I know what it's like to be whipped and beat for nothing. I know what it's like to have your children ripped from you. I know what it's like to have you, you be raped um night after night. I she had a ex, she had experience, so she wasn't willing. She said, "I'll I'll die for this thing, but I I can't allow. I can't just have peace. I can't have my comfortable life and just." basking my own freedom when I know there are people out there and they are living this life of torment. They're living this life of torture. They are under this beast and I can't, I won't be settled in my soul unless I go and try to free everybody that'll come with me. That's the kind of passion God will birth in somebody who's called for deliverance. Because it's one thing to just get delivered. It's a whole nother thing to get delivered and God send you back into that place to deal with demons and demonic forces to help other people get delivered. If we don't think that's so, ask Moses. When he ran from Egypt because he had murdered that Egyptian and he went to Midian and that was just to set up his training. He go to Midian for 40 years just for God to send him back right into place. Come on now. Right back to the place, the place of bondage, the place of slavery that he was running from. What did he go back there for? To deliver. To deliver. God don't bring people out. Everybody not called to deliverance. But every blood, bought, spirit, filled believer should be able to do deliverance. You should be able to do it. This Holy Spirit is in you. You should be able to, to command in the name of Jesus, whatever demon in your child, whatever demon in your spouse, whatever, whatever, whatever. You should be able to do it. You don't have to have a deliverance mantle. But if you do have one, God will allow you to really, really, really feel. It's like she said, I can hear their screams. I can hear them calling. Because when you know what it's like being in the bowels of hell, when you know what it's like that for that enemy to be have that noose on your neck, when you know what it's like for them demonic forces to be tormenting and torturing you, oh baby, you the threat, <laughs> you you the storm. Because once you get free, you not gonna have no peace. You not gonna have no rest. Until you see everybody else get free. Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw the need of the people. When the people would be demonized. When they would be demon possessed. When they would be sick. When they would be hurt, you know, needing healing. When they would be hungry. The Bible says he was moved with compassion.
You should be so annoyed and irritated as a believer that you ain't free. If you even know that the enemy is just having his way, that he is keeping you bound in an area that he continues to wreak havoc in your life, you should be unsettled in your own spirit. And you should be unsettled in your spirit if you free and you see your brother get free and you don't do nothing about it. And again, it may not be for you too, but you should at least pray for him. Because this thing is real. And deliverance and the need for deliverance is real. And so I just got on here because again, I said it was so impressed on my heart and in my spirit to talk about this. I know it can be taboo. I know it's a topic. A lot of churches, a lot of ministries, a lot of men, women of God, they don't like to talk about. A lot of people don't believe in it. A lot of people. But I'm going to tell you right now, I went to go see that movie come out in Jesus name. And baby, them people was getting delivered. And people in the theater, when they released it the first time, and they took the every... Every theater that this movie was released at, the very first time it was released, at the end of the movie, the guy who did the movie came and did mass deliverance with everyone in every theater that the movie was um, playing in. And people were being delivered. People were throwing up, screaming, demons being cast out, all of this stuff. To the point where they, when they, when they aired it the second time, they couldn't even play the mass deliverance part because the co theaters complained because all the people was throwing up and just things was happening and going crazy because they were being delivered. So you can't tell me that people ain't in need of deliverance. You can't make me believe it. You can't make me believe it because I've been in need of deliverance myself. So to God be the glory. Uh, Shahi, please share, share, share this. I'm about to get ready to end it, but I do always upload um, my episodes. Please share this because I this needs to get out. Because again, I'm I'm just a person, right? I'm just someone that God has just allowed me to go through this experience, and it is hard. And it's a fight because we know these demons don't want to let you lose. But the devil is a liar in the name of Jesus Christ and Nazareth. They got to go by the blood of Jesus and the fire of God. They got to go in Jesus name, but they will give up a fight. So you got to be totally convinced and you got to have a resolve in your heart that this is what you want. You are not going to relent. You're not going to give up. You're not going to shrink back. You're going to get free because once you get free now you have the victory and the authority to help somebody else get free amen and even if you just want your family your bloodline free your family your children's children's children whatever the case may be freedom deliverance is the children's bread it is for you you got to receive it for yourself you have to go get your freedom for yourself nobody gonna do it for you yes somebody can partner with you and lead you through deliverance a deliverance minister but come on, you. there's a part you play. There's a part you play. And if you go to God and you're sincere and you're, and you're willing to go through the process, don't forsake the process. Even if yours ain't a one and done. Even if you have to go back a second time, a third time, a fourth time, so what? Who, where is there a manual that say how many times you, you should go through deliverance? Get deliverance until you're totally free. And live a deliverance lifestyle. I know a lot of deliverance ministers say they self that they go through deliverance they self. Why? Because we're all human. And the enemy is cunning. Yes, they need to be discipled. They need to be um, mentored. And they need to be taught how to sustain their deliverance. Absolutely. They need to be taught how to keep doors shut. They need to be taught how to live a lifestyle of prayer. They need to be taught to how to live a lifestyle of repentance. A lifestyle of... um, um. 
of fasting, you know, you got to sustain it, right? Because we know what the Bible says, when the spirit is out of the house, it goes into the dry places to find rest. It finds none. Come back to the house. What does the house represent in, in that context? It's talking about your body. It's talking about your soul. And it sees it swept up, but it's not filled. So you also want to, you want to have a lifestyle of asking Holy Spirit to fill you. Um, because then when it come back and if it see that there's nothing really there, even though it's cleaned up, it's going to go get seven more, more vicious than itself and come back. That's why you see some people kind of go fall back or they may backslide because there is a process. And a lot of times we think to ourselves, things supposed to just be easy or one and done, but this is not what this is. It's a lifestyle. It's a commitment. And you have to, you have to follow the process. And you have to stick to the process because if you think you can get delivered and you can go back to sinning, you're just going to open yourself up to get in a worse place than before. So absolutely, you need to be disciple, mentored, and you need to be taught the, the, um, the tools of how to sustain your deliverance because that's your power right there. If you keep doors closed, you don't have to worry about going back to fight the devil to get out. Come on now. It ain't nothing like having somebody in your house you don't want to be there. And you like, okay, I need you to go. And they like, no, I ain't going nowhere. No, you leaving because it's my house. If you keep your deliverance sustained by living a lifestyle of repentance, by, uh, by living a lifestyle of prayer, being just constantly being filled with the, with the Holy Spirit, being mindful of where you at, who you connecting to, where you going. Seek God for everything. Seek God to everything. Seek God for everything. Thank you. Oh, glory be to God. I thank you so much. That means so much to me. It really, it, it does. Thank you so much, Shahida. I really appreciate that. I really do. And I'm just going to leave us with this. See God for everything. I just told y'all a couple things that happened in my life. I got connected to the wrong person and nearly destroyed my entire life. Um, so see God for everything. Friendships, relationships, you know, business connections, where to live, where to go, you know, see God. Because we know our enemy is, he, he's out roaring as a lion, seeking whom he can devour. He going to try to come back. You get your deliverance, he going to try it. But if you follow the process and you can keep God first and seek God on everything and keep the doors closed, he can't come in. He might try, but he ain't nothing he could do. Amen. So I just thank you guys so much. I pray that this bless um, you, Shahid, and any other person that um, listens to the replay. Please share this. Um, because I know other people are going through or need to hear this word and need to hear it from a practical place. I'm not here as a pastor or a minister ministering to anybody. I'm just speaking from my real experience and what God has revealed to me. And so um, I just appreciate um, you for being on the live today. And I just pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. I pray that the Lord will make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you, and grant you his peace. And just know that your past does not define you. It develops you. And you are worthy.